Soon, the sun will set on the age of man. So I think we're gonna get this thing started now at the moment. So I will start recording and then I'm gonna do the little intro and then we'll start. All yeah. right. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special IAS podcast interview. Here we have Craig Bernatowski, the voice behind Resident Evil 4 Remakes, Albert Wesker. Craig, introduce yourself, please. Hi, how's it going? My name is Craig Bernatowski. I'm a voice actor and vocalist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I've been an actor for about a union actor for about 20 years, and I've been singing and recording albums since 1994. Oh, this is very awesome. Uh, huge fan of your work. Uh, and I want to also introduce my panel. So we have first, Lonos Meyer. Hi, everybody. Lonos is back. Uh, content creator, songwriter myself as well. So it's nice to meet also another songwriter and also the voice of Wesker. So this is super exciting for me. And I'm ready to do this. This is great. Ren Ren Ben, introduce yourself. Uh, hi everybody, I'm Ren Ren Ben, a variety streamer over on Twitch and YouTube, and uh, also a huge Resident Evil fan. Wesker is actually my favorite character. Tolkien, introduce yourself. Hi everybody, Lady Tolkien. Super excited to be back with you all, especially uh, during this interview with the Wesker voice actor. Super excited to be here, cannot wait to get into the questions. Shadow, it is your turn, good sir. Introduce yourself. Yep. Evening all, hope you're keeping well. I, if I remember correctly, I believe this is not our first Wesker voice actor we've we've interviewed on the channel as well. I believe we did uh, Connor, didn't we, from Dead by Daylight not that long ago? Yes, we did. Yeah. And he's also like super humble and chill. It's like uh, most of the voice actors that we talk to, super cool people. I, I would never take it for granted. Just very amazing individuals on Insight and everything they had to offer to the series. I wish them nothing but success, honestly. Hmm. Next, we have Ender Lucian. Uh, Ender Lucian here. So I, what I do is I uh, do variety on YouTube and Twitch. I stream, and I am a huge Resident Evil fan. So uh, very, very huge thing to be in here, and I thank you all for for it. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. Anytime, anytime. Uh, well, for me, I guess you already know my name is Renegade Operative. Huge Resident Evil and Silent Hill Freak. So if you want to see me get like bonked in the head over there on Twitch, you can. Uh, we're going to get started with the initial questions here. We have one from one of our friends named Fane, and he said, Craig, did you play any of the RE games to prepare for your role? And if so, what was your favorite and which games did you not like? Okay, so I'm gonna say one thing right off the bat that may negate a couple of the questions. So I'll say this off the bat and then whoever's gonna ask things coming up, you might wanna look at what you're gonna ask. Um, <clears throat> preparing for the role is a difficult question because I didn't know what I was auditioning for. I didn't, it was fake scripts. It was fake character names. It was fake companies. It was, it was just lines of dialogue that don't exist in the game. Uh, it was a fake character that they made up. Uh, I, I knew it was fantasy, had no idea it was horror. Um, it sounded like it might be sci-fi or superhero or something along those lines, but it had like a business aspect to it. Like one of one of the scenes was a, a boardroom. 
basically what I'm saying is I got cast in this game and didn't know it was Wesker until I was in the studio on the other side of the country. They flew me across the country to Vancouver. Um, I sat down, they all introduced themselves and I said, that's, that's cool. Can you tell me what this is now? And they said, yeah, it's, it's resident evil. And I said, Oh, oh. and they said, and I said, and who am I playing? And they said, Wesker. And I said, Oh, and then on top of that, I said, okay, so do you want me to do this? Like my audition before I knew it was Wesker, or do you want me to do it? Like I know Wesker has been in the past and they said, do it like your audition. So to answer any kind of questions about preparation, um, I, I made this character with the scripts that they sent me without any knowledge that it was Wesker. That being said, yes, I had seen every movie Resident Evil before that. I had played, um, I played Resident Evil one with my acting classmates. That was one of the things that we did at night while we were drinking. We would play Resident Evil one and make fun of the voice acting, and then, <laughs> and um, yeah. So like I uh, okay. So the question was, which Resident Evils have I played? I played one, two, on PlayStation one. Um, I wasn't gaming when four came out. Um, I got back into it after breaking up with a girlfriend who didn't like video games and I got way back into gaming. So I got back into it with seven and eight and I played seven and eight for the first time on PSVR. Um, and Wesker's not in those games. Um, that's a roundabout way of saying, did I answer everything by that question? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. That that was perfect in my honest opinion. We're going to move on to the next person that will uh, read the next question. So, Tolkien, go ahead. I'll pass the torch to you. Okay. Uh, our next question comes from T-Angel. Have you played the games you voice acted in? If so, what was it like hearing your own voice talking to you? Yeah, I mean... I think I think I'd already gotten over that. I remember the first time I heard my voice recorded, and that was when I was in grade seven, and we were we were doing like a some kind of class project and recorded ourselves, and we were listening back to it, and I asked who that person was because I didn't recognize my voice being played back. I think that was the first time that that thought had occurred to me. But I've been in recording studios for singing, and I've been on television, and I've done voice acting for many, many commercials. So I'm, I'm used to it at that point. Um, video game, the first game I ever did was Resident Evil Outbreak. And I was more of a motion capture actor for that. I, I had very, very few lines in that game. Um, but uh, the first few big AAA games I did, I was more like crowd work and it wasn't really um, single character scene stuff. I think the first time I had really big scenes was in maybe in the division two where I was, I was one of the bosses. Um, I was one of the bosses in the expansion of uh, warlords of warlords of New York. And I would, I, I was playing that game when it came out and I would play it. <laughs> I would play it with random people online and do the, uh, the wall street um and just to hear people reacting to my voice so yeah uh yeah it's 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 a huge trip especially when you're a fan of the games yourself um i know i've worked with a lot of actors that don't play games so i i i i, I get a big 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 
of it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I have a side question in, in terms of you know working with like Ubisoft and Division since I've played that game. How was how the process like for them and, and having your voice actually in that game? Well, Division was, um, I mean, it, it was, it, it, I think it was my third Ubisoft game or third or fourth. And I'd done, I'd done a bunch of like crowd stuff before that. So it would be like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it was me and six other very talented actors. And we were, we were the voices of all of the military guys in every battle and on your ship but it was a lot of like group stuff Mm. we would all be yelling and cheering together um so when i did the division two i want to say was it might not have been more than two voice sessions i it might have been three but i think i might have finished all of it in four hours so I mean, it sounds like there was a lot of stuff, but we like we we barreled through it in in two sessions. And um, Resident Evil Four, I went to Vancouver three times for it. So the first time was a bunch of mocap scenes in the game. The second time was um, the second time was mostly voice, and I realized that I was part of. Um, I realized when the, when the game came out, I knew that the expansion was coming. So I couldn't say anything about it, but I, I knew that Separate Waves was coming because none of the stuff I recorded was in the game yet. <laughs> um, and then I think the third one was when I realized that Mercenaries was going to be a thing because they were getting me to do a lot of Barks and Onos. Uh, in, in voice acting, there's a thing called Barks and Onos. And it's um, uh, yeah, a bunch of hits to the shoulder. So, ah! Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The grunting. The, um, yeah, the grunting stuff. And so they got me to do grunting stuff, and I realized if I'm doing grunting stuff, then it's going to be in combat stuff. And I, I realized that my character is going to have a fight, or he's going to be playable. So I, 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 they didn't tell me. They don't tell you anything, but I, I knew that there was going to be a combat aspect to the character at some point. Oh, that hunch. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I also it's it's very secretive. Like they they don't tell you anything. I I I I had to figure out from memory because I don't get to keep any of the scripts. I I I leave hoping to try to remember the scenes I did. But you you basically like you show up and they give you the scripts and you do them and then you walk away and you you can't take pictures. You can't record anything. You can't. You you just got to remember it. So and you know the game took a, a year and a half to come out. So. When it when it came out, I think there's more than this. I think there's more. Lana, she said you had a question. Yeah, I had a follow up question. Uh, it's to the previous part. You said you had worked. Al- you also work along uh, other actors that you know they don't play games, so that has to be a different experience. How does how does that feel being one who does play games working along those who don't? Um, I mean. <sighs> It it does it doesn't change the 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 working conditions of it because um, I mean I uh, let me back up for one second. There there's a lot of rumors that went around saying that um, uh, Capcom wasn't using union actors, and that is 100 percent untrue. Um, I've been a union actor for almost 20 years, and so once you're at that level, basically like everybody you're working with 
is either so talented that they just got in or they're experienced and they know what they're doing. So even if they don't get as excited about the finished product as you do, they still care about the craft as much as you do. So yeah, I was, I was a little more excited about what was going to come from it, but everybody is excited to be working. Everyone takes what they're doing very seriously. Does that answer? Oh, hundred percent. It was just more like yeah. an experience from your end playing the game. Yeah. I mean, I, every once in a while I work with somebody who, yeah, yeah. You guys talked about how you've, you've uh, interviewed a bunch of voice actors and generally speaking, the people that stick around are the people that are, really generous and good to work with because people that are not fun to work with don't stick around. And so every once in a while you work with somebody that's got an ego and they don't last long in the business really, unless, unless they skyrocket, skyrocket to the top and then all of a sudden they get to make their own choices. But generally speaking, everybody is very excited and grateful to be where they are. Awesome. Yeah. That answered everything for me. Shadow, you said you had a quick question. Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got a few. Um, so yeah, uh, um, so I just want to ask quickly. I don't know if you remember too much specifically about it, uh, but this is not your first work with the Resident Evil series. Uh, I did note your name was part of the voice and stunt team back with Outbreak back in two thousand four. I was just wondering if you remember much about your time with the project. Of course I do. Um, that was the first game I ever worked on. Um, it was. Uh, I auditioned for a voice role in a codename game. I was ex I was a gamer at that point. I didn't know what it was, but I was excited to audition for a video game. I didn't book it, but a couple weeks later, I got a call from my agent because my agent also represented Allison Court, who is the original voice actor for Claire. And at that point, Claire was directing the scenes and helping casting and so back, back then like um uh motion capture was very different it wasn't part of the union at that time um it was it was it, was, it didn't have the same kind of protections and organization that it has now but allison is the one that got me in and i i the first day i i, w I was so excited to do that because i knew what was going on and the other actors i was working with had no idea what was happening. They weren't gamers. <laughs> they didn't understand what was happening. They didn't know the world. You know, like, and I was definitely the the one that was ready. They basically they brought in for every day. They would bring in two or three guys and two or three girls. And so uh, we would be sitting in a waiting room couch, and the director would be like, "Okay, well, I need this scene. You, you, and you." And they they she would just pick people. And we'd go and act the scene. And some people were happy to just sit on the couch and <laughs> just spend the day eating, eating whatever snacks and craft there was. Um, but I was jumping at every scene. And so the next day they called me back. And the next day they called me back. Uh, hold on a second. What is happening here? My phone. I gotta shut my phone off because it just flipped on the Discord. Um, yeah, basically, um, you guys can still hear me, right? Yeah, we can still hear Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so it ended up, like, I thought it was just going to be one day of shooting, and then it turned into two, and then it turned into three, and then it was two weeks where I was doing five days in a row, and then I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a call for a couple weeks, and they'd bring me back in. And it ended up being, like, a six-month period where 
it was pretty much constant work and I loved doing it. And I jumped it. I, I did a lot of things that I would not do now stunt wise. I, I had wrap, I had ropes wrapped around parts of my body that shouldn't have ropes. There was a lot of stuff that was not safe. Um, but it was like, but it was all me jumping at jumping at the chance to get a, be a part of it. And then I ended up doing halfway through that. They brought me in to do, uh, I want to say his name was Ben. I think it was Ben. So I did one recording session of voice stuff, but it was, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's also, yeah, Outbreak's like the one I've played. I still do streams of it at the moment. I do randomizer stuff. I'm also a big Alison Court fan as well. She's yet to return here. The mail I've sent her, but there you go. Um, but no, that's that's super awesome here, man. Um, do you want me to ask yeah, questions? Yeah, it, it's Sorry. it's one of the only games I haven't played myself, so I I'd, I'd, I'd love to try it out. And also, a um, few years later, I ended up casting and directing voice acting for a game. Be uh, I played World of Warcraft and ended up in a position where I was working for a company. And because uh, one of the guys in my guild was uh, he owned the company. Um, but Allison was the one actress that I would call every time I needed a female voice actress. So like I tried to return the favor and bring her in over and over again to work with on my game as well. Oh, nice. Shadow, you said you had a, another follow up from the document. Yeah. So the actual schedule question. So um. So obviously, you've, of your career, you've had a lot of, uh, you've done a lot of roles via your, your TV and your movie work. Um, but I'm curious about the fact that the Wesker character itself has existed for uh, like 30 years now. It's gone through various changes, it's for different portrayals. It DC Douglas, uh, who did the voice for over a decade, has become very notable for that. And obviously, uh, the late Lance Reddick uh, had the role as well in the Netflix series not too long ago. So I was kind of curious yep. to know, what does it mean for you to be part of such like a, a well-known legacy character that's existed for so long? Um, well, I'll tell you, waiting until the game came out was probably one of the hardest waiting periods I've ever done because I knew how different it was from anybody that had ever played him. I knew how rabid the fan base was, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if people were going to like it. Um, and I was really, really nervous about it. And um, I was expected to, with anything, there's people that like it and people that don't. And, you know, the first thing I saw were the people that didn't like it, but those voices got really quiet really quick, especially after Separate Ways came out. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, uh, a lot of pressure, but Capcom also made me feel really good about it. The um, it's it's interesting working on a a game for a, a Japanese company because like we're we're in this room, there are people listening from the other side of the world, but we can't see them. Every once in a while, voices come into the stage, and and we know that there are people watching us. Um, but I didn't really got a lot get a lot of um, patting on the back while we were doing it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, I think I think I'm doing this. I think I'm doing. I think I'm doing good. I think I'm doing good, but but I wasn't really getting any kind of reassurance until the last day. And on the last day, they flipped the camera on, and I saw how many people were watching from there, and they and I saw how excited they were, and uh, and they were saying that they really thought that the fans were going to like it, and that was that was when I finally relaxed a little bit. Um, so, last question I want to ask then is that, and you mentioned as well, obviously, there's a. We'll say loyal fan base amongst the Resident Evil series. I think that's the the the, the diplomatic way to put it. Sometimes, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
you obviously found out about the fact it was Resident Evil once you got there specifically. So do you think that that puts extra pressure on you? Kind of like feel that you got to respect the source material, or is it more about giving your version of the role and not feeling constrained by such things? No, definitely. I definitely felt more pressure when I found out what it was. If a if it was if it was a brand new IP, then I would have just walked in being like, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 the person this company thinks can do it best, right? Um, but but I walked in and then found out what it was, and I'm terrible at impressions. So uh, if if I if they had put me on the spot and been like, can you can you do it like this character has been in the past, I, I would have been. No, <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I, I have, I have spent most of my career figuring out how to use my instrument, whether that's for singing or acting. Like I, 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 I do what I feel. I feel I do best. So <laughs> if they put me on the spot and asked me to do an impression, yeah, no, but. In answer to your question, yes, it was definitely more pressure finding out what it was. Super. Thank you. All right, we're going to move to the next question. I want Ender Lucian to read the question from Shug. So, what other games or franchises would you like to do voice work for, personally speaking? Um, I mean, anything Naughty Dog does, <laughs> of course. Uh, I, 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 I've got to play through the last of us again. I've got, I've got the platinum for last of us one and two. Um, and I just got the remastered one. Um, man, I, I know that, that they're probably working on three already and it's probably already cast, but that would definitely be a dream role. That is, anything in that world. yeah, that is insanity. Cause I'm a huge fan of that franchise. Uh, have like 400 hours put into the first one but mostly it's from all the multiplayer that they have with factions and yeah. the, just the emotion that is given for those characters is quite astonishing actually so uh yeah that's 100 incredible the lot the last of us part two absolutely wrecked me i remember playing that through the first time and i was i was just a mess <laughs> i would have to pause it because i was crying so much like it, that that game is something else i cannot wait because i i've i played through the game loved it and then when the tv show came out i made i watched through that television show four times with different groups of people to try to introduce them to this world and i saw all of these people that don't play games get attached to this world <laughs> i cannot wait to see what season two does to these people oh they are yeah not, they're not they're not ready they are not prepared oh, no, for what's going to happen not. they're not ready no. <laughs> <laughs> but we're moving on to the next question. So Tolkien, take the next one from Resnos. Um, is there any Wesker scene over the course of the series that you would like to do differently, maybe more menacingly? I don't know about menacingly. There is definitely <laughs> one thing that I wish I could change, and that is um Luis. Nobody corrected me while I was calling him Lewis. And, oh, and, oh, and I, I didn't I didn't know Oops. I was doing that until I played through the game. And I'm playing through the game, they started calling him Luis. And I was like, wait a second, what? Huh? And then I got to my scene, I'm like, oh, why oh, why 
why didn't they correct me? Because <laughs> I mean, it's all I, I, it's all secretive. I didn't meet the actor that's playing Luis. I, I, I think I was the only one that mentioned him in the scene, so no one else said that name out loud. Basically, it's it's, um, it's very interesting because uh, fun fact, I believe also uh, Paul Mercier, he was Leon in RE4 original. He also called him Lewis when yeah. the death scene happened. So I do yeah. remember that. So you're not the only one, actually. And and actually, um, I think it was Nick or one one of the other actors when I was doing the first uh, live stream with the cast. A couple people mentioned that they were like, ah, Wesker doesn't give a shit what people's names are. He just, you know, like that, <laughs> that actually made me, yeah, yeah, it's a choice. It's totally a choice, man. Just says whatever he wants. It's fine. He's just being in character, so don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I, I will say that, I, I mean, I, I watched all the stuff that I did, makes it to air that I've worked on. And there's a lot of times where I cringe at stuff I did, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of this game. Um, I, uh, I think that they they pick good takes. I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of the work that I did. I'm I'm I don't think I'd change much except for Luis. Lanos, it is your turn. Pick from the next question. All right. Um. Well, we've already talked about it a little bit. Like since you have worked with quite a few amazing voice actors too. So how did it feel? Uh, with the other characters and cast me to the remake working alongside them because there's a lot of amazing talent there so you know how that feel working alongside them uh it, it was great i mean i didn't get to meet everybody until the game was out i didn't know I, I didn't even know the names of the people that were in the game because like we're not i'm not allowed to talk about it so uh nick uh who plays leon was there um ada was there um there were I, there were I, th I think I want to say it was Marcio. There was uh, one of the other uh, actors was it because there was a couple of people that are local to Vancouver that they were just bringing in to do other stuff. Like um, Nick actually played the helicopter pilot in the the after credits scene, mm -hmm. um, and and a couple of the other actors were there. But it, it like it was basically me working with the director and the crew a lot of the time. So. Uh, it's i mean it's a, it's a weird world where you're where you, you don't always get to work with the actors that you're working the division two i didn't i didn't meet any of the actors that were in that the scenes with me so it was it was just me and the director the whole time and that's a lot of the case in voice acting stuff oh that's very true so like i guess my follow-up question is since you've done other roles outside of voice acting how does it feel on the other side of it because you work alongside actors in normal acting as opposed to voice acting where it's a more singular experience. Um I I got a really good feel for how it, I years ago I I did casting and directing for a game that was in production and we did um a lot of we were we were trying to design this dialogue system that would have like branching dialogue so it would I, w I was on the, the the part of the team that was trying to create this system. So I ended up getting to be in the booth and recording a lot of test dialogue. And I, one of the things that I always wanted to do when I started doing voice acting was I would always try to make every single line as interesting as it possibly could be. 
And when I got into editing these dialogue things together where I was playing both characters, I quickly realized that the really interesting dialogue readings don't always work and they don't sound believable. And it's sometimes like things need to be thrown away. And I, I got a really good sense of playing one side of a conversation when the other side isn't there. And I think that that really gave me a good idea of how to move forward in my career. And that was, that was at least 10 years ago, probably more than that. But I think that's one of the things that people starting off in voice acting don't really connect with. And that's the fact that they're, they're trying to, they're trying to create this character that's as interesting as it possibly can. But there's, there's a fine balance between uh, making something believable and making something really, really interesting where, you know, if it, if it's pushing too hard, it, it, it doesn't sound real. And if it doesn't push enough, then you get taken out of it as well. So I think there's a, there's a balance in there. Okay. Thank you. I have a interesting side question in terms of like playing as heroes and villains, which one do you prefer the most? Ah, uh, villains for sure. Oh, there we I go. Like, yeah. I like being the bad guy. I like everyone says that though. Well, yeah, but uh, there was a. I, I think Nick actually told us that he prefers the good guy. So I, I guess it's kind of ironic when you start to really think about it. Some people like the heroes, some people like the villains, but I, I like the villains more personally. I mean, I like I don't I don't really behave like I haven't been in a fight since I was seven. Like I don't I don't I don't behave like an intimidating person, um, and I don't I don't get aggressive vocally. So that kind of play in a studio is really, really fun for me. It's, you know, something I don't really get to do very often. All right, we're going to move to the next question. This is one that I asked. I said, I noticed you have a singing career and you worked on projects with your own band. Can you describe the euphoria from that experience when you perform live? Um, yeah, so I... Let's see, I, I started playing in bands when I was 15 or 16. And uh, I all like all I wanted to do was be a singer. So I think that's, that's, that's what I started doing. And then uh, I didn't realize how terrible I was until much later. Um, basically, I had to really, really listen to the stuff I was doing wrong in order to grow from it. Um, but I did, uh, I had a blues rock band in high school. And then I went to I went to theater school, and I had a um, we had like a, a rock folk trio where we were like it was like heavy acoustic guitar, <laughs> and we were we were writing a bunch of stuff, but we were recording it properly. And then after university, I had two or three very very hard rock bands, and then in 2015, one of the drummers that I had worked with in the past. Um, called me up and he asked me to start a cover band with him. And and I was like, no, nah, I'm not selling out. I, I, screw that garbage. <laughs> and uh, and then we we he convinced me to do it. And all of a sudden we started making money. And like I I I'd never made any money with any of the original stuff I had done. We were like, I'm I'm very proud of the music that we wrote, but we never sold merch we never sold more than a dozen albums you know like they, they, all our stuff is online but we never really got a fan base and then we um we started this cover band and all of a sudden we're playing private parties and festivals and weddings 
and we don't have to invite our friends anymore. They just show up all the time. So it was, uh, it was a really big shift for me where I realized how fun playing cover stuff is. So I haven't actually written anything new since before the pandemic. Yeah, I wrote a couple songs right before the pandemic, but I haven't written anything new since then. But I, we play all the time. Like we're going up to a, uh, a ski resort next weekend, uh, Blue Mountain in Ontario. And uh, we go up every three or four months and we play the Friday and Saturday night. And it's one of the biggest parties ever because it's, it's a tourist place. People, there's usually three or four bachelorette parties, two or three bachelor parties. Uh, 15, 20 people get kicked out every night. It's it's nuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, we, we have such a great time there that I've got a couple friends that ended up buying a chalet at the ski resort because now, now like every time we play there, it's a thing for my entire friend group. And 15, 16 of us will go up and all stay in the chalet. Uh, so that's, yeah. I, I may have derailed myself, but yes, music is awesome. Oh, no, it's fine. Music is uh, one of the best forms of expression. So go ahead and just more. go ahead and just go away yeah. with that one. Um, but I, I have a follow up question. Go ahead. Um, so kind of curious, um, what instruments do you play? And do you find any instruments that you enjoy playing more than others? That would have been mine. So, yeah, <laughs> I, play, I play a little bit of guitar, but I'm not good enough to be a guitarist in my band. So I, pl I play like. Um, I was actually working on, um, uh, every once in a while, I'll throw up a, a solo acoustic cover, and I'm working on one right now by this band. This is my favorite band currently, Nothing More. They're from Texas. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I play I play guitar, but the, guy, the guitarists in my band are much, much better than I am. Shadow, oh, had, a, Shadow had a follow-up question to this. Go ahead, Shadow. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I have to ask about... Uh, according to your IMDb, you are a joint Guinness World Record holder. Apparently, oh, yeah. Hold, please. I was reading, I was reading that. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 must ask about this, of course. All right. So I guess this is an audio recording, but we can click this. But here's here's my Guinness World Record. Uh, so it is. Uh, Guinness World Record Certificate, Craig Bernatowski participated in the longest concert by multiple artists, 437 hours, 54 minutes, 40 seconds in uh, April 2017. So basically, um, mm -hmm. I'm part of a very large music community in Ontario. And um, in 2017, somebody, there's a couple of people that were talking about going for a Guinness World Record, which was the longest concert of all time. So it was uh 437 hours was it 19 days or something like that best part of it yeah um we you okay the, what were the rules there could only be 30 seconds in between songs every song had to be two minutes long at least you couldn't repeat a song in a two-hour period so every band that played we had to we had to know their set list ahead of time so that they didn't cover the same song within a two-hour period uh, changeovers between bands could be five minutes max. So what would happen was we had a stage set up. There would be a band playing. As they were getting close to the end, there would be a solo artist getting ready to play 
and start as soon as the band was finished and then you know changeover would happen behind them i was on the organizing committee i stage managed a lot of it i played five times with three different bands i had to remove a couple drunk people from the stage before they blew the record and get up there and play a couple solo songs until somebody else could get up there uh yeah just had to be a bouncer really quickly yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, and the whole the whole thing was live streamed too. So we got we I, I don't have a record for that, but I think I think we have a Guinness World Record for the long the longest consecutive live stream as well. I'd have to look that up. It does seem like an absolute logistical nightmare. This, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> well, especially when you're trying to bounce people so things don't ruin like bouncing, wow. playing, running. I mean, like it's pretty much every single hat you could think of. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Uh, I'm going to kind of alter this, but I'm kind of curious. So you mentioned that you played a lot of games. I'm curious, is horror your favorite genre? And if so, have you played any other horror games outside of Resident Evil? I don't know if horror is my favorite. Definitely single-player cinematic narrative stuff is my favorite. Um, So... The God of War series, The Last of Us, Resident Evil. I, I, I used to be really, really, really scared of horror stuff, and I pushed myself into it. So I, I would start watching horror movies on my own because, like, <laughs> I couldn't go to the theaters because I'd be too freaked out. But I, I kind of like pushed myself into it. So I played, I played Resident Evil Seven and Eight for the first time in VR, and Seven took me. I think seven took me <laughs> six months to finish because I would <laughs> I would do about five minutes and then I have to just calm down. Like when Jack broke through the wall and started chasing me, I I almost lost it. Um, and even the the mold monsters in the basement, I was having a really really tough time with. Those things scared the bejesus out of me. I I could yeah. not. It's like at a certain point, I just felt like turning the game off because when they came around the corner, I, I was just I like, did. oh my god. <laughs> I did. I would I I would take two weeks off and but I kept coming back to it. Yeah, no one blames you, Craig. Don't worry. Yeah. No, <laughs> Resident Evil Seven was my first game, uh, my first real horror game that I ever streamed. So, I also had to take like a three month break. So I totally yep. understand. Yep. Uh, that was an urban sabbatical right there. Oh my God, but yeah, that that game was scary as hell. I just had to take a breather after I streamed it the first time. Uh, it shows the testament of how creepy that game was, and Capcom's like awesome work. Uh, yeah, agreed. Follow-up question. Go ahead. Uh, you mentioned like you had pushed yourself into like horror movies. What was the first one that you did? Like, what was the first one you watched? I think I I remember the first time I got really freaked out, and that was I was watching The Fly Part Two with my cousins when I was a kid, Ooh. and I remember I or maybe it was The Fly One, and I I uh, I remember I was definitely too young to watch that movie. And we were watching it at a cottage, and it. I, I, I think that we were watching it at night, and I left the room halfway through, and then made myself watch the rest of it during the daylight hours the next day because it was on VHS. But I think, yeah, I think it was The Fly. Good choice. Yeah, classic. It is. Mm-hmm. A lot of body horror, people falling apart. So if you just like that on a Friday night, then that's a perfect movie for you. Right. Yeah. I have a, another follow-up. Since you mentioned you like the cinematic stuff, uh, story presentation, are you familiar with Hideo Kojima? No, of course. Yeah. Awesome. I, 
I, I'm a fan, but I have not been able to finish Death Stranding. I've tried twice, and I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it is. There's some. I, I get about 15 hours into it, and then there's too many choices, and it's like, well, you go here, 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 or here, and I go, well, maybe I don't go anywhere. Yeah, I mostly am familiar, like everyone else, with Metal Gear, since that's the big yeah. pioneer of uh, stealth action, big story, uh, larger-than-life characters, which is interesting because Sony's doing their own sort of uh, stealth espionage new IP, which is going to be interesting when that comes out. Yeah, I was watching the State of Play. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, you were watching the I, State of Play? I, I'll say that I, I played... I played Metal Metal Gear and Snake's Revenge on my NES when I was a kid. So I've I've been a fan of Metal Gear since before Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, Solid was the one that I played first, and I just remember thinking this voice acting is phenomenal, uh, Hollywood quality, very good, and everything. Uh, and a lot yeah. of people really enjoyed that game. So I'm glad that was like the big pioneer to showing like this is what we got, this is what we're gonna do. A lot of dialogue, but interesting dialogue in that game. Yeah, agreed. All right, next we're going to move on to the next person to ask Icy's question, and that is Tolkien. All right, so what part or scene was your most favorite to do overall of any you've done in voice acting? Hmm. Um... They they maybe do the smirk over and over again at the end of uh, at the end of Resident <laughs> Evil Four, and I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did because <laughs> I like I like the choice that they made with it. Um, but I think that I think that doing the scene on the okay here's here's when I, the first time I did motion capture was with Resident Evil Outbreak, and when we were doing it back then, there was no face ca- capture. Um, we had the scenes recorded ahead of time. So we were pretty much just acting it out like puppets. And it was basically we were making a stick figure dance. Now it's at the point where I can walk out there, so can the other actor. The software can recognize which one of these dots is me and which one of them is the other actor. And we can see on screen a representation of the in-game model and then they can drop it onto the set. So going from a place where it was just a grid and a little puppet that you couldn't make out any facial features or any characteristics, it now almost looks like the finished product without any kind of volumetric shading or fog or anything like that. But like I saw that scene on the um, when when Ada's got the sniper rifle and I come up behind her. And I, I saw I saw what it looked like on there, and I got to pick the stance that I had because <laughs> I could see what the finished product was going to look like. So I think that was one of my favorite ones to work on in this game because I you 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 can now get a sense of what the finished product is going to look like, and you don't have to use your imagination quite as much. I also liked how she was kind of like just giving Wesker some pushback, which is uh, interesting considering uh, the first thing I was thinking of, he has powers and she does not. So that's kind of, that's some trash talk that's going down. It's like, you're kind of a little bit outmatched, but I just love the acting in that scene a lot. 
Man, that that was one of the first scenes that we shot. And when she cut me off and jumped over, I was I was genuinely pissed. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, like we hadn't been working together very long yet, and she she pretty much like really cut me off and jumped off. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the Ada thing in the wings. Yeah, right I was, there. I was, yeah, I was, I was a little upset. <laughs> We're going to have uh, Mr. Shadow read off the next question. Uh, this is Icy's, right? No, Ren Ren's. Oh, that, oh, that one. Uh, you know what? Oh. Actually, let me change that. Let me have her read that off. That would make sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it actually ties in really well with uh, the last one. Um, so what was it like doing the mocap for Wesker and were there any movements or quirks that you added to give the character a unique flair? Um, he's, he, I mean, a lot of the scenes I was sitting down, I, I didn't get to do a lot of movement for this character, which is fine because I got to be really grounded and really have my feet into the ground and rooted, which gave that really, really calm feeling to the character. Um, but the first time I got to sit in the chair and and see what the, the chair looked like on screen, and they had me in, in like an office chair that was spinning around, and I definitely was spinning around in that for way too long just to <laughs> see what Wesker looked like dancing around in that office. <laughs> uh, did you actually do the scene with the where you threw the where Wesker throws the uh, binder towards the end? Oh, yeah. Separate yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and oh, it was awesome. that was so that wasn't mo like they just had me um I can't I can't remember if I was directed to do that or if I did it. They had me with a with um like a clipboard or a pad of paper and I definitely tossed it behind me and I I think it might have been my idea. That's awesome. Uh, it's been a, it was it was a while back now though. So maybe it was a collaborative effort. <laughs> I don't I don't think it was I don't think it was in the script though. I think it was an idea that came out of uh seeing it happen i have another little side question so in terms of like improv and capcom being privy to it uh how how was that situation where they like yeah you can totally throw this clipboard and, and just do what you can or was there some restraint and pushback now movement movement you've got a little bit of freedom with but um in a game like this you've you pretty much have to be word perfect so there's there's not a lot of room for improv. Um, okay. I mean, they're they're already working on localization while you're recording it. So, and they they I mean, it, it was it's it's a Japanese company translating it into English, and English is the original. So like they've already gone through the creative process of being of figuring out what they want as the translation into English. So like you it going it's it's a difficult thing to ask for changes every once in a while there's a contraction or some kind of weird phrasing where you, you can ask them can can we change this it sounds awkward but it's it's usually set in stone by the time you get to that point okay it's nice to see they have this uh very very tight process of knowing what they want so that's interesting insight shadow you had a follow-up question that you wanted to embark on yeah, kind of so on. Um, I want to ask Craig. Uh, you're based in Toronto still, I believe. 
Correct. Um, do, you, yep. do you get to do a lot of kind of either acting work or projects amongst like the Toronto area, or or you just find a lot of your time's getting taken up with other stuff? Kind of asking about your local work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the pandemic sucked. Uh, before the pandemic, I was doing all of the Jeep commercials in Canada. So I, I did several hundred Jeep ads for radio and television and internet. Um, I've done a lot of television. There's a lot of sci-fi that's shot in Toronto. So I've, I've, I've been on, except for, uh, I think Star Trek might be the only one that's shot here that I haven't been on in the last like 10 years, but everything, everything else I've been on, um, a bunch of movies. There's, let's see, I think there's three television and film projects that I've shot that haven't aired yet. Uh, yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple big things coming up. Uh, and, and, you know, at this level, everything's covered in NDA, NDA, so I can't, I can't talk about anything, but there, there are definitely things on the horizon. Do you do it, get to do any like kind of live work sort of like theater might be going a bit too far beyond that, but, uh, well, okay. So behind me is that's the last show that I, I, I did when I started out, I, I did musicals. Um, yeah. Uh, I did musical theater a lot. I did touring musical theater. I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I toured Ontario. Um, and then I did, in uh, 2006, I played Burger in Hair for like a six-month run. So eight shows a week for six months. Um, and I uh, I auditioned for a lot of theater after that, but I did very little. And it was I just ended up getting cast a lot more in movies and television when i was much younger i did a lot of commercials but uh i don't i don't look like a cool kid anymore and i look too tough to sell products as a father <laughs> so, so it's a weird uh just you, you sure i end, I end up doing more i end up doing more television film than commercials and, and theater now and also because i i work so much with my band we we play almost every weekend so it kind of uh limits me for doing a, a run of a theater show um that being said i also work at medieval times so i, I wanted do... to ask this because i've been there i was there a year or so ago and i remember hearing i was speaking with one of the um i don't know if I talk about this i was uh, speaking with one of the uh i think it was one of the nights something and they mentioned about like oh the, um, one of the people here is going to be a future voice actor for wesker i was like oh that's interesting so i had to ask about that here you know no, I, I didn't know it. Nobody knew before it came out. Well, someone, I mean, someone so mentioned something about I don't, it. I don't know if you, if it had already come out, then then I then I believe that. But I, yeah. I, I was very tight lipped about it. Nobody at Medieval Times knew that I was doing it until it came out. No, no, I think um, it was. I think the game came out like about a week after. Yeah, week yeah. Was, so as soon as it came out, I was telling everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, I had, um, I had to go. Fun show, by the way. But yeah, so I, I'm not one of the knights. I play uh, right now. I play the Queen's advisor. I was uh, doing horseback training to to do the MC role as well. But then I started getting too busy with a bunch of other projects. Um, but yeah, during like during holidays and stuff like that, I'll do several shows a week. And then right now, I've only, I think I only have three shows during February because it's a little bit quieter right now. I only know Medieval Times through the movie Cable Guy, and it looked like such a very exciting time that I would just love to go someday because uh, I don't know. So it is so fun. If you're in the States, there's 
I think there's what seven castles in the states. You you've got to go. It's so much fun. Oh, I've been in Florida. Oh I've been man, in Florida. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. It of really fun. it really is a great time. Go like bring a bunch of friends. Don't get so drunk that you get kicked out. But have a couple drinks and yell and scream for your night. It's it's a lot of fun. Welcome to medieval times. I'll just be drunk and. I'll probably fall on the floor or something, knowing me. But uh, some people get really, really rowdy. I've been at the show. I was there. There was a couple of people. It was like going really after. It was like the Green Knight or something. There was a couple of people going really after. I was like the poor guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's wild. Because I, like I, one of my favorite moments in the show is I'm trying to get. Uh, I'm I'm voting for one of the knights. Like I've got. I'm I'm trying to get my knight to get me closer to the to to the throne. And so I'm I'm kind of conniving behind the scenes. And so I, I, uh, the queen, the queen tries to say that my knight's disqualified, and I go, um, uh, leave this up to your guests, my lords, my ladies. What say you? Will you succumb to the death? <laughs> I, I, and everybody, everybody ends up like screaming, yeah! And you can hear people being like, no! <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the best. We're going to shift into the final questions here. I'm just going to go down the panel list and see if they have any final sub questions to say. We'll start with Shadow. Any final questions from you for Quirk? No, I mean, I've had a few. Uh, I just had to ask about medieval times because, like, if I don't ask now, I'm never going to get opportunities to. So I, I think I've asked plenty. Well, if you're ever in Toronto, you send me a message because I do have a couple of comps. And if, if I'm not in the show while you're here, we'll go together and have a couple of drinks. I I will hold you to that. Oh wow! Andalusian, what about you? You have any final questions? Oh, uh, actually, I want to ask about that. I think that's a Wesker figure back there. <laughs> you have that? It totally. Yeah. Is. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Can you show me that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Apologies to those watching in audio format. Uh, I, I posted about this on my Instagram page. So um, a little, I, I guess a little after, was it after Separate Ways came out? No, I think it was during when the first, when the original game came out. I got a message from a guy in the UK that started making these sculptures and he sent me a picture of this statue. And I, my first comment was, wow, that's awesome. And he, and he said, would it be okay if I sent this to you? Oh, <laughs> it's oh, like I'm. God. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> and so he he totally sent this to me, and um, it's it's absolutely stunning. You can you can buy it yourself, but it looks like like I've got the the collector's edition Leon as well, and it looks like they're the same quality. It looks like they were they came from the same company, basically. Um, Raccoon City Surplus is the the company that makes them. And they they make sculptures of pretty much every video game you can think of, and they do fantastic work. So I, I highly recommend them. That is so cool. Thank you. And then uh, I do have one last question, but that's relating to the final one. So because we still have that one, right, Ren? Yeah, we do. I'm gonna ask that one okay. before we jet wait. off. Uh, okay. But it is Tolkien's turn. Any final questions from you? No, I don't think so. Everything is pretty much answered on my end. Thank you. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Lanos, any final questions? I do. It does kind of connect with the last question. Uh, so maybe it sets up with that. 
But uh, my question would be, what got you into voice acting to begin with? Because it's a seems like a slight change from what you were doing previously. I love recording studios. I'm sure you do as well. Same. Um, yeah, I, I got into singing first. Um, my girlfriend in high school suggested I audition for the musical. I didn't really want to do that. And then I got the part and ended up having to kiss somebody and she broke up with me. <laughs> then oh, I, man. That's hey. that's how i got that's how i got into acting like i i wanted to be a singer more than i wanted to be an actor and then Mm -hmm. um when i was trying to figure out what to do after high school uh theater seemed like a good choice to me and that's when i really got into acting and started not doing singing as much um and then kind of combined them but i i i really like I, I love the, uh, the is when it when it comes to voice acting, you usually get a bunch of goes at it. Like uh, this is actually my my voice audition booth behind me that I built. I thought that's what that was. I was just like, yeah. So I I mean, I do I do auditions for animated shows and stuff all the time, and I'll, I'll go in there and I'll I'll try out ten things before I figure out what I like. I really like trying to figure out the best way to do something, and and on on camera you it's not really the same like you can't you can't play it back the same way so i like i like being able to craft something that meticulously okay yeah that answered my question let me see for sub questions i would guess in terms of like learning experiences is there anything that you've learned from doing voice acting and uh how would you say it has enhanced your work for the better um you have to be able to listen to yourself i know that a a lot of people i I mean i'm I'm part of like a bunch of subreddits for voice acting and stuff i I watch people say "I'm, i'm new to this and stuff like that one of the things that i hear the most is I can't, I can't listen to myself. Well, you got to get over that. Cause if you can't listen to yourself, then why should anyone else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, basically it's, it's like, um, I spent a lot of time, you know, you, nothing is ever going to be perfect, but you try to do the stuff that you don't like less and you try to do the stuff that you like more. And so it's, it's, it's always a constant process of refining and getting better, but also being okay with mistakes. Okay. That, that answered my question perfectly. Thank you. We're going to have Ren Ren Ben, uh, any final sub questions you want to ask Craig? Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of curious, uh, being a musician as well as an actor, have you found that there's any transferable skills or anything that you've learned as a musician that you were like, oh, hey, I should use that in acting or vice versa? Um, I definitely use acting in performance in, in my band stuff. Uh, there, you know, there's a bunch of songs where I'll... <laughs> I, uh, especially in like private parties and stuff like that, I'll. I'll mm, now, now I'm wondering if I should give away secrets. <laughs> Trade <laughs> secrets. I connect. I connect to music in a way that uh, I definitely use theater training to do. Let's just say that. I get that. Cool. Thank you. 
and we have the final question so there's a, a lot of aspiring voice actors out there people who are trying to get their foot in the door do you have any advice for them as to what they could do if they're trying to break into voice work um man it's tough it's really tough i i mean it took it took me a long long time to do it there's um there's there's many different paths to success and success can come from doing different things. I'm terrible with impressions. So I've never worked on redubbing things and I've never worked on doing like copies of characters. Um, right from the start, I was doing my own commercial demo and I, I self-produced my own demo reels. If you, if you want to get professional work, you need you need demo reels. So I've got a I've got a commercial demo reel, an animation demo reel, a video game, a singing, and an audiobook demo reel. Um, you can you can fine tune that even more by having like comedy and tragedy versions of all of those things. Um, I don't think duplicating characters is the way to get there. That being said, there is lots of non-union work for a fan made creations of stuff but i mean like i went the path of um union work and a lot of that stuff is kind of copyrighted and trademarked so you've got to you've got to find your own voice and your own your own way through um but have a mentor find so i've got i've got a couple people that are ahead of me in the business that i look to for support and for advice um every project I'm meeting new people. So now, you know, Nick, Nick has been really great because uh, I definitely jumped a level up in celebrity after doing this project. And Nick has been really, really great in helping me navigate that. Um, but um, yeah, find your voice. And that's, that's my biggest advice and, and get demo reels together. All right, let's give it up for Craig Bernatowski. Thank you so much for joining us. This is um this is a pleasant experience for sure. And honestly, um just your insight and, and just chilling and vibing is the thing that we strive for for this podcast and interview. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh we're going to do outros now. So Craig, where can we find you on social media in terms of shameless plugs? Um my short form is Craig Burnett, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. And then there's a, a Linktree link there. I have a YouTube channel that I don't post on very often. Um, I have a Twitch channel that as soon as I can figure out how to navigate my audio interface, I'm going to start doing. Um, and I think that's about it. I'm on IMDb. You, you, I'm, I'm not hidden anywhere. If you want to find me, you can find me. Maybe some co-streams with Nick, because I noticed that he also was like, uh, when we talked to him, he was like, I, I need to get into the whole streaming thing a lot more, and he kind of has. So that'd be cool if you guys like do a collab or something. I, I've actually got a, I've got a test Twitch channel that I, that's under a fake name that I've been trying to figure out my. I'm trying to navigate the gear that I have without having to buy new stuff because I've got really expensive stuff, but it's I've got everything hooked up in a super complicated way. And I've got doubling audio happening. And then I get frustrated and I leave it for two weeks. So as soon as I finish that, I figure that out, I'm going to start doing it. Next is Shadow. Uh, where can we find you on social media, buddy? 
Yeah, uh, if I'm on YouTube, Black Shadow 993, also on Twitch, Black underscore Shadow underscore 993. I still have yet to trace the person who stole the original name, and it makes me angry every single time. Yeah, don't you hate when that happens? Someone steals your name? I mean, I'm so happy my name was, like, so unique that I just grabbed it the minute I saw it. But I understand that pain. Next up is Enderlution. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media on Twitter, now X, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. I stream on there. And it was a pleasure to be in this podcast. And before we end things off, can I ask him one last question after all the outros? Sure, no problem. Uh, okay, thank you so much. We're going to move to Tolkien. Where can we find you on social media? I can be found at YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, all under Lady Tolkien. Awesome, awesome. Lanos, it is your turn. Where can we find you, buddy? Oh, Lord. Um, you can find me on Twitter. We, I know it's X, but we all still call it Twitter, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you can oh, find yeah. me on Spotify. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on pretty much every social media known to man there. Uh, it's under all the same name, under Lanos Meyer. You can find me, so... Uh, like Craig, I'm not very hard to find. I, just to add to that, um, I, any uh, any of my original music and my band's covers can also be found through my link tree. Nice. Yeah, I had to get one of those set up immediately because it's just so convenient. It's it's very convenient. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. All right, you can find me on uh, X at Rent Operative underscore. You can find me on YouTube everywhere, Twitch at Renegade Operative. Uh, I, I'm not going to be like sort of doing much, just sort of finishing up this interview in terms of editing, getting that up as soon as possible for the Infinite Ammo Syndicate. And if you want to see me play horror games, which is what I played yesterday with Silent Hill, the short message, then you can watch me scream my brains out. Not hard to find. It's, it's very easy. And last but not least, we have Rin Rin Ben. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube uh, as Ren Ren Ben, uh, and you, also Instagram. And uh, if you go on TikTok, because I screwed up the first time I made my name, I'm Ren Ren Ben Ben on TikTok. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> now, Enderlution, you say you have something special to ask at the end of this podcast so go right ahead yeah so this was kind of regarding the uh info about the last question i just didn't want to interrupt uh what would you give to uh people that are like introverts and shy and like i know i know you kind of covered it but like what do you recommend they do on top of like demo reels and like just get themselves out there um, I mean, I was very introverted when I started, like, I, I'm, I'm still introverted about playing online games, which I get the impression that you guys all do together anyway. So, uh, I mean, everybody, ev acknowledging that everybody has anxiety about things is important. So, uh, if you want to do it, then, you know, take risks. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. And then, uh, and then uh, with that, uh, I'm in an area where I'm like kind of, I guess, not really near. I mean, I'm a few states away from Cali, but like if I don't want to move or anything, is there like a way I can start online? I assume many like other shy, introverted people have the same question. Yeah, I mean, the, like the voice, voice acting is 
you can do it anywhere really uh, you can take you can take online classes right they, like you can take mm-hmm. you can take commercial tutoring classes animation classes uh there's there's a bunch of things in person in toronto but the, almost all of those courses can be taken online and you can you can do one-on-one coaching lessons so if there's a, there there's there's big production companies that will do expensive classes but i mean if you reach out to people on reddit that have careers i mean i'm not i'm not a coach myself but i mean there are people at my level that probably offer courses and are much cheaper than some of the big places but i mean check out reddit okay uh do you know any sites maybe voice acting sites i'm so i'm so sorry for asking this i do um i don't i i i know i know there are it depends on what you want to do like if you if you want to if you if you're just trying to get experience or you're trying to get paid i mean that's two different there's, things there's yeah there's voices.com and there's voices one two three however there's a lot of scams on them and they're they don't really you watch out paid. i mean yeah uh I, I, I didn't, I, I don't really have the expertise in that role because I, I went, like, I went union too early and it, it made my career a little slower to obtain because I, like, I ended up being union and actor that couldn't do non-union stuff. So I don't really have the expertise in that sense. Um, there are ways to do it, but I honestly, like, look at the voice acting Reddit subreddit and there's so many posts with good advice from people that are more experienced than me in that area. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I just need to ask that because I've been wanting to get into it and I assume many others online too, that are introverts. And I, I, and I can help you with, uh, if you want tips on demo reel and stuff like that. But if, if you're looking for the kind of work that I'm not auditioning for, I don't really know the best way to find that. Oh yeah, that would help. That would help. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. All right, and we're going to sign off on this podcast. Uh, Once again, a a big thrill to have everyone here, Craig. It's been amazing. And I will try to get this up on YouTube and all the other special sites, uh, Spotify, uh, Google Play, as soon as I can. So it's been a blast. We need to definitely shack up sometime in the future, do this again. And uh, great discussion all around. So we are signing out for the Infinite Ammo Syndicate. Take care of yourselves. And once again, later. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much for coming by, Greg. Thanks for having me so much.